Welcome to Next Gen Movement, our sole mission to empower tomorrow's leaders by harnessing and unleashing collective wisdom, lessons and experiences of thought leaders within the community. So unless you've been living under a rock for the last few years, I'm sure you've heard of Courtney, the real life wonder woman, Courtney Olson. From crushing a whole watermelon with her thighs to establishing camp confidence, a camp which empowers, encourages and improves young girls and women's well-being, and more recently becoming the founder and CEO of women's clothing company and female empowerment movement, Girl Clothing. It, this girl has truly done it all. It's my absolute pleasure to welcome Courtney to Chapter 7 of the Next Gen Movement. How you going, guys? <laughs> welcome. Welcome. Thanks for, thanks thanks for coming. For having me. That's quite the introduction. Thank you. I'm very humbled. It is a mouthful though, isn't it? Eddie, there was a few uh, tongue twisters, yeah. but you've got quite the resume. It's, um, I do. I do. It's hard. You know, I've got humility tattooed on my arm, but then I'm like, Oh yeah, just, you know, keep it cool. You know, you're not like that big of a deal, but I usually have to throw something in there about like the watermelons and try and get a free cab ride or, <laughs> you know, free meal, something in there. So it'll pay off here soon. I can feel it. But thank you. Absolutely. Well, we're, we're, um, we're excited to get into this one. And I know the community are, are pretty excited. The video went, uh, went ballistic on LinkedIn. So um, I guess I, I want to know, from my own personal, like, I want to go back to the start, Courtney, like right before you kind of um, kicked off this entrepreneurial, I guess, journey, like what, what was it like for you growing up and, and sort of what did you go through that, like, was there anything that happened that kind of made you sort of look at life the way you do today? Right. That's a great question because, uh, you know, that our childhood basically dictates a lot of what we end up doing and what path we end up going as we get older. And most of my childhood was spent hating my body. You know, you might've noticed I have big legs and growing up, that was always like the focus, you know, I could never fit into my friend's clothes. I would just, I just felt like, and, and I know I don't look like a day over I'm 21, but I'm actually 37. So, well. uh, Wow. The times when, you know, I was a young, impressionable girl, we were looking at the early 90s with Kate Moss and being a size zero was where it was at. And I was far from that. So I always felt different then, not good enough. And, um, you know, came from a background of, it was the 80s, like everybody was snorting coke and drinking and driving, including the family doctor. And, um, you know, I, I grew up in a, a very uncontrolled environment as well. So I, I learned a lot of characteristics that um, were, you know, detrimental that I carried on with me into um, young adulthood, you know, that showed up in different ways, um, trying to control situations and uh, counting calories from a young age, from like junior high, and then that rolling into eating disorders in high school. And then eventually my senior year of high school, I was supposed to be the first female president of the United States, which I think we could all appreciate right now. I don't know. We're not going to talk about politics because, you know, <laughs> let's just, let's just, we're all about unity. We're all about unity here. But um, I got completely derailed because I went down that path of, of drugs and I kept using them because I lost weight and I knew better. You know, I, I knew that it wasn't a, a great solution and I kept getting away with it because I was that, um, I was that kid. You know, it was that like 4.0, I was, um, 
you know, captain of the cheerleading team, started the first girls golf team. I was in a Christian rock band, like me and Jesus were super tight, you know, like not Courtney. And so I got away with it for a very long time. And that just progressed into more illnesses, you know, so I'm carrying around eating disorders, a, a drug addiction, which all of this is stemming from incredibly low core body image. And then of course, being the product of divorce, you know, so many of us walk around, I mean, as entrepreneurs, we spend a lot of time on personal development as well as professional development. And we understand that, okay, why do I have these habits? What's driving me? You know, we do a lot of work around this kind of stuff, but most people in general, I think don't really analyze what tragedies or beliefs or issues they've experienced as young people that are causing them to act the way that they do today. So, um, you know, growing up, I look back through those ages zero to seven and I just think, wow, that was really where it was ingrained so hard in my body that I had to change the way that I look. Like I was, I was so unworthy because my, my, I don't know if you boys have ever felt chafe, you know, when you're, do you even know what that means? You know, when you rub, your legs rub together. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, blowing maybe not to your extent of the idea. Yeah. <laughs> blowing the crotch out in your leggings. I don't know if you've ever done that. Like when you sit down on the ground and. <laughs> Several shifts uh, get split. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but, you know, it, it's a, it's a real thing. So I just, um, I got to a point where, um, you know, because this could turn into, I love to hear myself talk and this could turn into a really long story because there are a lot of other pieces that fall into, you know, how everything came to be. But um, at the end of the day, that was what was driving me to keep moving forward in finding myself in these different projects, if you will, you know, and that's where I ultimately got with camp confidence which then led to girl clothing and smashing this watermelon and all these kinds of things so ultimately that was a really long-winded answer but it was you know having that really poor body image as a young girl that was driving me you know even through the addictions and eating disorders and all these things that finally got me to where I was and where I am today so Hmm. I hope that was the answer you were looking for. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. I um I resonated with that pretty hard. Um, mainly because of the adversity side of things. It's funny because mm -hmm. Zach, RJ, Paris, and I all bonded because of adversities that we've gone through, and wow. we've all come from different adversities and different parts of life. And we thought, and for me, like humans are wired neurobiologically for connection, and when you can connect on a rock bottom level. My God, yeah. that's fucking strong. It builds a really yeah. strong foundation. And what it's taught me is it's made me really like the people always resonate with people that have gone through hell because it makes you really compassionate to those. I'd love to know from your perspective, Courtney, how obviously you built camp confidence from that. That's what it was from, but go through, um, tell us like the perspective when it, it finally clicked where you were really, cause you were at a point where you really hated yourself and you probably hated the world as well. Um, cause it's like a self projecting mirror. Um, when that started to shift for you, you know, it's funny because um, as I've gotten older and again, that's another great question. As I've gotten older, I've realized, you know, my intuition has gotten stronger and louder and, and, you know, you learn to, to pause and listen to it and to connect with it more. And I think that's really a missing link 
thought of us is we hear that, you know, little whisper and we just bypass it and we just go into autopilot, you know, and we just blow through our day without really being like, right, well, what am I not listening to? You know, what, what, are, what's the messages that I'm completely missing? And <laughs> there came a point where, you know, I, I went down, like I said, a, a long path. It was about nine years of addiction and alcoholism where, um, I mean, I was very functioning, don't get me wrong. Like I would get high and fix your credit kind of a thing or like improve your property value by $50,000 because I'm out in the front yard pulling weeds at 11 o'clock at night with a cocktail and a spotlight. Like, you know, I was still, I was still a hustler. I was, I was still very focused. Um, you know, I, I got into selling cars. Um, I, I was selling uh, gym memberships for 24 hour fitness reading programs. So I was still very much in a professional setting, but, you know, really struggling through all of it, you know, whilst using and, and all these kinds of things and functioning. And I believe there's still a lot of people out there that are functioning addicts or alcoholics. I mean, you look around America alone, the, the opioid problem that we have here, it's like, you're more likely to die of an opioid, opioid overdose than you are of a car accident now. And it's just like, what? Wow. Can you say that again? Like, I just heard that the other day and I, I like just hit me like a bag of bricks. <clears throat> but um, I got to a place where I finally, I, I, I stumbled into this area where um, I discussed. So, okay, let me back up. I, I kind of stepped into um, bodybuilding, like, you know, competing professional. Well, I didn't quite make it to, to a professional level. Um, you could call it a profession because I was getting paid for it, but uh, as a as a way out of addiction and, and all these kinds of things. And of course, found myself in another form of addiction. <laughs> it was just like a never ending cycle at that time. Um, but whilst there, I started getting offers of making these crazy videos. And that's where, you know, I was approached to make a video of smashing the watermelon, you know, to show my strength and um, arm wrestling arm wrestling guys they would you know pay me money to make video clips of like winning and beating men arm wrestling basically showing features of strength because that's not mainstream and it opened my eyes to this whole notion of like and this was my first turning point because my whole life I had tried to be a size zero I wanted to be smaller and then I got into fitness as a as a way out of you know addiction and um, as a form of recovery. And then from there, when I got into bodybuilding, um, I, it was just like an epiphany where I'm like, wait, what do you mean? You, you, you're going to pay me to make a, a video to show that I'm strong. And like the bigger my legs are, the better, like, is this real life? Because I've been doing everything in my power, you know, including chewing up food and spitting it out and, you know, obsessing on how many calories I was having and running, you know, five miles a day and lifting all the weight so I could be smaller. And it, you know, there, it was a whole world. And I was just like, wow, the world is really not what we think it is. So as a, you know, I was uh, in my mid twenties, I was still just, I was mind blown. Um, so, you know, I went down that path and along that, I still had these thoughts of like, you know, wanting to share my story with younger girls because I was just like, if I knew what I know now, I would have done things so differently, you know, and, and had I known these tools from basic books, like the four agreements, you know, how to be happy, 
you know, just simple things that we're not taught in school, but yet we learn to regurgitate facts. I can't tell you who the 23rd president of the United States was, nor do I care, you know, but I had to in order to graduate. Uh, I couldn't tell you anything on the chemistry table, except for maybe how to make some form of a drug, which I've now forgotten. But, um, you know, it, it was there and it was brewing and I, I, I can vividly recall the thought still being there, like, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. And then um, I ended up meeting my partner. And um, soon after he got a job um, with an um, NRL team. And I came on board as a volunteer assistant strength training coach for the under 20s. And um, long story short, one of the um, journalists had found my videos out there and because they were associated with an adult only site that then turned into me being um an adult entertainer and i was a you know ex-drug addict and alcoholic and i'd been raped and like basically put my entire life on the front page of the paper and then that of course went into you know a few other bad choices i you know made as young well i don't necessarily seem as bad choices because we all make mistakes and now i get to use that and teach young girls like look don't do that but, you know you hear about sexting in school but like when i say don't take pictures of your boobs and send them to your dirtbag older boyfriend so he buys you beer because it might end up on the front page of the sydney morning herald and then they actually listen and they're like oh my gosh i don't want that to happen to me you know um so that happened and this whole thing came about and what's funny is is the day before this story broke i had actually applied with big brother big sister because i wanted to mentor a younger girl and i wanted to share these things with her you know like look do you know what alcoholism is as your grandpa go crazy every time he has a beer do you know how to be assertive you know do you know how to set boundaries do you know how to balance a checkbook just basic things and I filled out that application and I sent it off because although, you know, and I was an American freshly in Australia and it's back then it was very much still a, a boy's country. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a boy's sport, you know, it was a manly man sport and, you know, being a woman and being involved with the NRL was, was really cool. But at the same time, it wasn't filling that void of what I want, truly wanted to do. So it was there, it was nagging at me. Uh, but I, I still wasn't completely sure. And then that story broke, right? And all hell broke loose. And all of a sudden, everybody on the internet, all the moms, I don't want that slut training my son and na 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 na. And I'm like, oh, that sucks. But because I had done so much work on myself, I was like, you can say whatever you want. You can call me a, a goat fucker, right? That's yeah. fine. I know I haven't fucked any goats. Thank you. And when I go to bed at night and I put my head on my pillow, I know that I'm a good person. I know where I've gone, what I've done, who's coming with me, where I'm going, how I'm getting there, and that I'm a good person. So it didn't really bother me. And um, you guys know how to put on a holiday. This was happened, this happened really like the beginning of December. So everything was shut down for the month, right? And then, um, and of course I went on the next day to take the title of Australia's first female arm wrestling champion. I was like, Gold Coast Bolton, what? <laughs> that was awesome. It <laughs> uh, was a good distraction. <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm very fortunate because my, my partner is just the most supportive person in the world. And I, I won't start talking about that because it's just, I'm 
beyond blessed to have somebody in my life who it's just it's an, that's a whole nother level that's um something i take for granted very often um but january 12th when people start coming back to work i get the phone call from big brother big sister and stuff had kind of settled down a little bit you know but i had almost forgotten about the application and then they said hey courtney uh, we, you know, check, looked at your website. Good luck with your book. Cause I still have that five-year book I'm writing. Right. <laughs> they said, we got your application. We think it's great what you're doing. Um, unfortunately though, if a, if a teenager can Google your name and see what you've been up to, you know, we can't really work with you. We're sorry. I said, yeah. Okay. And I hung up the phone and I lost it. I mean, I just sat there and I actually sobbed, you know, I, I just, I cried a lot when I was drunk. You know, but like, I, I, I just, it was this guttural, like howling, sobbing, like I am a bad person and you know, I mean, I'm not worthy. And, uh, that happened for about 10 minutes, right? We're allowed to feel how we, how we feel. But the important thing is, is to process that and not try and cover it up with something else and then push through it. Cause I, I don't know if it's a God shot or what, but for whatever reason, I just got the word no in my head. And I mean, I have goosebumps right now, you know, and I'm in Vegas. I know you like those forearms. It's nice, huh? <laughs> yeah. What? What about? I'm just kidding. And uh, <laughs> humility, humility, humility. <laughs> and, um, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it's kind of funny a little bit, whatever. I got the word no come across my head. And I said, you know what? Fuck that. I'm, no, you were not going to tell me what I can and can't do with my life and my future. And I'm going to start a program ran by people who've been there and done that and not just talk the talk, but walk the walk. And that's what I did. I sat at my kitchen table for eight months. I researched, I interviewed, I, I mean, books, I busted ass and looked at every single aspect and said, what did I miss in my education that I wish I would have known? You know, what tools was I missing? And that's mm -hmm. when camp confidence was created. And it was, it was incredible. And of course it was a lot of twists and turns. And, but like I said, when you've actually been there and done that and we, we start talking about bullying and I can show them the front page of the newspaper and say, do you see this? Do you see what they called me? You know, like, let's talk about bullying for a minute and how that affects you. And then teaching them the truth behind, you know, the media, you can say one, sentence and they can twist that around and make it mean something completely different um so so many life lessons that they got to hear and i'd show them like you know um the trailer for the stoning of soraya m which is a a movie about a true story in the middle east where a woman got accused of adultery and her sons she's they they put her in her wedding dress bury her up to her waist and then her sons are the first ones to throw the rocks at her and the rest of the village stone her and I'm, I'm looking at him and I'm like, you don't want to go to school, right? And you're sitting over here bitching and bickering about whatever. And yet this is what women are facing in a large part of the world. She got accused for, you know, and she was just talking to another man. And this is the, the kind of life, you know, where Malala who got shot in the forehead by the Taliban mm -hmm. because she wanted to go to school and she refused. Like I got so, and they were just like, you know, they're just mind blown. Like, so it was just, it was the most incredible thing. But of course it was very tiring and tedious. And after two years, I was very upset that Obama 
or whoever was prime minister at the time. Can't remember. What's that guy's name? Tony something or another. Tony Abbott. <laughs> <Obama. laughs> Tony Abbott. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, hadn't called me to been like, hey, you know, great program. Let's have it all out all throughout Australia. This is amazing. And, you know, once again, I'm, I'm at that place where I'm like, am I failing? You know, this is really frustrating. And one of my partners got pregnant. And so we had to stop. And in that downtime, um, I had even started another business. I was going to start, you know, the seven steps to nourishing your mother daughter relationship, because then I realized the girls would come to this camp, but then they'd go home. And it was ultimately the parents that were having issues. And I was like, okay, I need to reach moms. That's the answer. That's what it is, you know? Um, but then again, through a series of movements, finally arrived at how can we take this vision and mission of learning to love yourself and creating a sisterhood because that's a big reason why women are held back is we believe is because we see each other as competition like you two aren't necessarily going to see each other in the street and be like nice ass dick do you know what i mean like you, you guys, guys just don't operate like that media mm. doesn't program you and advertising doesn't program you to yeah, it's funny you say that because like when yeah. two go- girls are out, they're like, fuck that girl. She's wearing the same dress. But if it's a guy, it's like, you're my brother. Like, homie. Yeah, you know what oh, I mean? We're wearing the same shirt. Yeah, <laughs> like, I've seen that before. That's exactly what I'm talking about. So when I go in, I, I did a talk um, at a boxing 12 round. It's a franchise that's really taken off with Danny Green in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in Melbourne. Uh, this was like a month ago. And I had girls aged eight to um, 13 and then their moms. And I was like, uh, how do I adjust this talk? So it's age appropriate. But I said, look, I'm going to say some things that aren't going to quite, you're not going to quite get, you'll get them later on. Um, but just, just roll with me. And I said, you know, I'm a little nervous right now because I don't normally talk to girls this young, but how do you get better at something? You do it, you practice. And they're like, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so I said, um, I said, some people say this is a myth, but did you know if you do the same job, you're going to get paid 77 cents to your, a guy in your class who will get paid a dollar. So it, it's, like I said, some people say it's a myth. Some people say it's not, it's a debate, but that information is out there. And the eight-year-old who was the youngest in there, she's like, what? <laughs> so it's just, <laughs> it's so funny. So it's really about getting girls at a young age and boys, you know, and, and getting the message out there that like, look, it is about unity and about collaboration and about working together. And that is how we're going to change the game and not seeing everybody as competition, you know, because there's enough out there for everybody to create abundance. Mm. And that is what got us through to girl. And now three years later, we have a global clothing line and distribution for countries and close to 60,000 customers. And it's incredible in 55 different countries. And, um, you know, the one thing I'll say that I believe has allowed us to get here, because you're probably going to ask me this question, so maybe I should shut up and just let you ask me, um, (laughs) was, you know, the reason why I believe we got to where we are was because it just kept showing up it just kept showing up not quitting which you always hear right oh don't quit just keep grinding that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is showing up and asking 
the universe. So I don't know if you believe in God or if you believe in Satan or if you believe in mother nature or aliens. I don't know what's out there. You know, I'm just like, Hey, uh, I don't know who you are. I don't know if your space outfits are like silver or green or what. I don't know if the tree I'm praying to is a redwood or a palm tree, but like whatever you is, whatever, can you just guide me and direct me and please show me the way because I have no clue what I'm doing and just letting go of that control and continuing to just show up and then eventually seeing that things typically turn out a different way. But had I had, cause I got confidence tattooed on my back cause it was confidence with a K. You see that? Mm-hmm. It's hideous. It's absolutely hideous. I hate it. It's the worst tramp stamp. And I, we say those words because we're taking that language back. But, you know, I was certain that confidence was my brand. And camp confidence was what I was supposed to be doing. But that tattoo turned into that tattoo. You know, but had I not let go of that, what I thought it had to look like. Because so often we're like, oh, it's this color. It looks like this. It's this shape. It's this structure. It's this. This is how it's going down. And if it doesn't, then I failed. When in reality, it could be completely different. Like these two logos don't look anything alike, but they're the same vision and mission. And it's just a different avenue to get to the same message. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, I'm processing that. That's awesome. That's a wrap. Thanks for having us. No, 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 no. Thanks for being on the show. That was that, that was insane. I mean, I've got so many questions going through my head right now, but um, I want to I want to dive into and and I guess I when so when you kicked off, girl, right? You took a massive punt on Holly Home. Yeah. And 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 that was kind of the the the, the catalyst for for this brand kicking off and. Yeah. You know, you spoke before about your intuition and, and clearly, you know, it's at a pretty insane level to, to, to predict that and make that call, right? But yeah. um, I guess for, for the audience, can you give us a little bit of background on like what happened in the months yeah. to that fight? And Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question because that, that's when I knew this was some universal shit out of my control. Like when that went down, I was like, all right, cool. And that is my guiding light. Every time I think like, oh my gosh, how are we going to make it? You know, because we all know being an entrepreneur, it's like, you know, Monday morning, you're like, yes, I'm on top of the world. Like I'm changing the world. Like I just want to go out and hug every single woman on the street. Come here, girl, I got you. And then Tuesday night, I'm ready to jump out of a 10 story window because I can't shut my brain off. And how am I going to come up with 50 grand to pay this order to sustain this growth? And how come somebody hasn't invested yet when I've got 55 women around the world that have tattooed a brand on their body? You know what I mean? Like, I haven't seen anybody with a Nike swoosh on their face, but I've, I've got a, I call them members because I, customers doesn't sound right. But, you know, she goes, a girl tattooed here. I'm like, oh, oh, but when I get into those moments, I think back to, to that situation and I'm like, all right, well, you know, what are the odds? right? Because you look at the odds. So some of the podcasts and um, interviews I did, they were like, with those odds, do you understand how much money you would have made? Like, why didn't you go bet? And I'm like, well, Americans aren't really into that, you know? <laughs> like, for, the, for the audience, like if, if someone sort of isn't 
um, privy to UFC. Can you kind of give us a brief synopsis on what happened? Oh, absolutely. So um, Ronda Rousey, um, the odds were what? Like, I can't even remember. Was that 15 to 1 or 20 to 1? Like, was closer to 20 to 1, we'll yeah. say. Um, you know, Ronda was the face of the UFC. I mean, you would know her from movies and a majority of people, if you saw her, you would probably recognize her. Um, and so the UFC, the ultimate fighting championship, she was kind of like a pioneer in terms of, um, Gina Carano really is, but anyway, it's another story. She was just an incredible fighter and she would come in and just wreck shop and, um, she was just undefeated and, you know, just the whole Eddie had stadium was there to see Ronda Rousey and, um, for whatever reason, two weeks or so before the fight, you know, a I'd heard of Holly. Um, her boxing background was just incredible. And I just, I don't know. It just, things just kind of fell into place. And it was just the amount that we had worked out um, with her manager, which surprisingly he got back in touch straight away. And um, we worked it out. And it was literally, I cashed out my 401k, which is like what a super in Australia. And it wasn't much, right? So um, we'll leave that for everybody to wonder about and if you want to know then pay me uh, <laughs> and I cashed that out and it, it came in pretty quick two days later got it over to her manager and it, I literally had two cents left in my bank account two cents took a screenshot of it I still have it and um, I was like well that's a, a year I hope that works out so we got um, an order and what's quite funny is she's known as the you know the preacher's daughter and I'm like we what we launched with in terms of a range was pretty shoddy you know but we had um it's leg day bitch um as a shirt and um a few other uh choice harden the fuck up Australia harden the fuck up America shirts <laughs> it's like Unfortunately, we sent her a fight like a girl shirt and it arrived at the Crown Casino the day before her fight. And so she was doing her own social media at the time, took a photo in her shirt, fight like a girl. And the next day was the fight with Rhonda. And in the second round, she dropped her with a roundhouse kick to the, to the side of the head. And I mean, it was like, you could hear a penny drop in the Eddie Hat Stadium. I was on the floor and I just, it was so surreal. And I was with my friend Gino, um, our videographer, um, and we just, it was just, it was like winning a lottery. I took my shirt off. <laughs> and it was so quiet. It was like, I'm like, who the fuck are these two? You know, I mean, there were some Holly fans in there, but generally speaking, you know, Ronda Rousey was just like untouchable. Yeah. And, um, you know, what really, she was so fitting for our brand because we had another shirt. So like, we stay humble because that's a big part, right? I got the tattoo and I joke about it. But a big part of that is just like... You well, know, she didn't touch clothes, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As soon as that Rouse happened, that. I was like, oh, wow. Like, oh, this is just incredible. So um, that happened. The next day, her following went from like 22,000 or something to over 500,000. And that post had like... 45,000 likes and then just kept going and then from there you know we went and had a launch with her I attribute all of our success to that and you know she is a, a woman of God and like I said we all come from different backgrounds and whoever that might be to you um you know I just I'm like I whoever like I said whoever it is was like all right we're 
to make this all line up. And then from there, that, that's how we shot out the gates. And we sold in one day what we had projected to do in six months. And it was at that point that I, we were both like, what are we going to do? Um, and we said, right. So I took some old, you know, drug slang and skills that I had from back in the day when I was younger and I sold everything uh, in the house. A lot of Kiwis came through off Gumtree. Appreciate that. <laughs> selling the Xbox, selling bras, Mac makeup, you name it. They were there buying it, hustled up enough money and went and lived in another country um, until we could raise enough money to um, incorporate in Singapore and have been there for a couple of years and now have got, you know, the means to set up, uh, we have an event company as well. So we have a women empowerment event once a year in Las Vegas, because I really wanted to bring that element of camp confidence, because as you said, that's when the magic happens is when women come together or men and have those circles, have that time to identify mm. and be like, Oh my God, I'm not the only one that feels this way. It's like how you feel as an entrepreneur, right? When you sit down and you have a bitch session with another entrepreneur, you're like, Oh, I feel so much better. And it's so much better than therapy because if you go to a therapist, they just listen. You know, they might ask you a few questions, but when you have a heart to heart with someone else and you identify with one another and you know that struggle, you just, you're just like, okay, I'm not alone. And that's what you'd mentioned earlier, um, Toph, is that, you know, knowing that isolation and that was the um, key principle of camp confidence was like isolation is the root cause to all of our ailments self-harm drug and alcohol abuse cutting all of these things you know and it's in this day and age when we feel so connected right because we have so many friends on facebook and oh well, i don't i just delete people on their birthday when i don't know them <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible it's so bad i've never actually said that out loud to anybody so i thought that was good but i mean you know i was on came on the scene in 2008 and i had like 5,000 friends and I'm like I don't know the majority of you I'm so happy birthday by you and I'm working on that you know because I'm a people pleaser but it's okay I see that as a good quality from time to time it's all about perspective <laughs> yeah. speaking on the woman empowerment stuff Courtney yeah. um it's something that came to my mind actually um because like I was very actually probably really empowered and inspired by your story, even though the predominantly for women. Um, and when we put this post out, I had a few, there was a few other people that had the same response, some mixed kind of feelings. Um, like one guy goes, yeah, but what's the point of me wanting to do any of this stuff? And I said, it's part of it's not for you, man. Like it's for the woman empowerment. But at the same time, I felt empowered um, just because I resonated with the adversity side of things. Um, so what we did was we put this post out on LinkedIn and we wanted to gauge some community questions because we just want to sh um, show that our listeners that we're listening and we want to know maybe what, they, what do they want to know if they had Courtney for like an hour or so, right? Yes. Um, there was a guy named Tony Ross and he's based in the UK. Um, and it's actually hey. touching on, oh, hey, um, and he was actually touching on what I was talking about and he goes, why don't men empower men? And he goes, why don't women empower men and men, women and men? Um, yeah. Let's bring that to the lowest common expression. Why don't we all empower each other? That's a great question. And mm. I will absolutely get there, but the power of focus, right? It's like, 
they're and, and what's interesting and it's interesting tony because men actually have a higher suicide rate than women right men too have eating disorders men too have depression men too have all of these issues men too are photoshopped and airbrushed in the media and have to act a certain way especially in australia especially in the uk right we're a bit softer in the us i think sometimes but in you know other parts of the world it's like you act like a man tony you step outside of this box you're a little bitch you know man up sack up all these kinds of things right so it absolutely is a message that men need to hear but for me and you know what what we're doing and, and for my own self is talking directly to that experience and having that power of focus and starting with one group you know it's like when you start out you know you learn in um, network marketing for example start locally and grow globally it's kind of that same type of mind frame where it's like all right let's start with what we know and then move out from there and it can absolutely be branched out and that is part of the bigger vision and mission i mean for my own personal brand you know girl is girl because it throughout the world it's always been um you know uh, boys only and boys clubs and these kinds of things but for for women it's like having that that focus of you know, you can be strong. You don't have to fit in a box. And, and yes, that same story applies to men, but women have been marginalized and, and held down and have less privilege for so long. You can't argue with that. And, you know, I'm aware of the time that we're 45 minutes in now. I can sit here and talk about that all day, but, you know, it's like, which came first, the egg or the chicken? Because some people are like, well, you know, if we stop saying if we start saying things like well i don't see color you know i used to be that person where i'd be like well i'm not racist i don't see color but that's really actually quite detrimental to a person of color because they can't not take off their skin before they leave their house you know it's not so much an issue in australia don't get me wrong racism is alive and well in australia full stop but you know here in america it's it's quite an issue you know we have a lot of issues and you know, as a, a person of color doesn't have to think, well, did I get audited on my taxes because of the color of my skin? Or, you know, um, like I went to a makeup, I went to look at some makeup because I just, I kind of gave up on that. I mean, clearly look at these lips. looks like I'm dead. Like, do I even look like I have a pulse? <laughs> you know, I hardly wear it. I can't be bothered. Whatever. I did tattoo my eyebrows. It's been amazing. Um, but I went in there and I'm like, because I've started doing this work, I've become a bit more aware, right? Because we just don't realize that I'm like, where, what would you do if you had dark skin? Like there's no dark foundation here anywhere. And you just kind of realize like we all have different layers of privilege, you know, and the hierarchy has typically been men, women, and then men of color, women of color, and so on. And, you know, even with like transgender rights, I, until I started watching a few documentaries and opening my mind, I was like, what's the big deal? Like, just pick a bathroom. And then, and then I, you know what I mean? And then I actually started to learn about this stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how confusing to have to think about that. You know, so there's just, there's a lot of um, things that need to be addressed amongst women in a mentality. And yes, there's a mentality for men as well, but that's the next step. So it's really, you know, start where you know, and then 
grow outwards because the message does absolutely apply to everybody and empower everybody. And I do, I get a ton of guys, you know, say on my Instagram and it sucks because I used to, you know, I'm very masculine, you know, I'm, I'm constantly, I don't think I'm a dude trapped in a women's body or anything like that, but I, I grew up with boys, you know, I, I wanted to be like my older brother so much growing up. Um, I used to try and pee standing up. True story. Okay. Didn't work out very well. I stopped doing that after about age eight. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, but um, I completely forgot where I was going. That just totally threw me off track on that one. Uh, but let me just wrap it up and say that women, there's more things to focus on than I can get into in that conversation. And yes, men do message me and say, I know you talk to women, but I find this stuff very empowering. And I'm like, well, the message is for you as well. You know, it, it really, everybody can take something out of it, but that's what we're focusing on. 100%. I know for me, um, and, and if anyone hasn't like caught any of Courtney's Instagram, like hundred percent, go and check it out because I remember um, this might have been going back a couple of years, right? And this is probably one of my favourite qualities about you, knowing you a little bit more than, than most, is you are so vulnerable. And yeah. I remember you you videoed yourself listening to a recording, um, a voicemail that David, your partner, left you. Yeah. And he just like, I wanted to give him a hug after listening to it, oh, right? Oh, exactly. So and, and he was just... Complimenting you and saying that you know you were the most beautiful person he'd ever met, and he he wrote, like listed all these things that he loved about you. And I just I looked at that and I was like, wow, they've got such a beautiful relationship. And that's kind of what I want to have with my partner, right? And like I literally almost teared up listening to it. And you're going to probably oh. tear up as well, right? <laughs> yeah. I know, I know exactly it was it was like that that you that whole message you were giving giving the, the audience and majority of them are girls is like, this is how a man should treat you. You know, you, you don't want to be dating the, the douchebag that's, you know, playing you off against four of the chicks and wants to show yeah, the photos of your tip yeah. to hundred percent. Right. And, and, and when I heard that, I was like, wow, like that's, that's what a relationship is about. Like having that love that is on such a deep level and like I took so much from that and I'm a bloke, right? And that was targeted at, at women. And like again, I don't I don't get that without you being vulnerable and, and being vulnerable enough to share that. And like for me, we just need more people to be able to do that. And I think that's kind of part of the reason that Tofar J Paris and I came together because we had that ability to get vulnerable and there's just so much power in that. And I guess um segueing into the next part, like what what's next for Courtney? What's next for girl? What, like, where do you, where do you see yourself in the next X amount of years? I would love to have a reality show with Dave. I really would. I think it would be so funny. <laughs> Hell yeah. Day, you know, um, gosh, I, that, that, and I, I, I know the, the video was called, I caught my husband or I caught my husband on tape or something like that. Yeah. You know, I'm still trying to crack the code on <laughs> YouTube. I'm like, why are people going to click on this? But the video is so shit. I'm just like, I'll come back to it when I get a videographer. Um, but for a girl, you know, we are looking for our next round of funding. Um, we're at the, the professionally begging sucks. It's soul destroying where I'm like, we're actually making money. We have incredible growth credible traction we built the brand that's the difficult part you know and it, it's mind-blowing but it takes time 
it, it does, it takes time. Um, and once that happens, you know, really growing this out into just a mega lifestyle brand that, you know, it, we've got live events. We're um, looking at rolling out a partnership with, and I won't announce it yet, but with a, an agency that focuses on eating disorders. And it was funny because, you know, full circle, right? Everything happens for a reason. Um, part of the stuff I used to teach at Camp Confidence but it's a dissonance-based intervention program where um, women learn the material and then they can um, facilitate it to high school girls. So it's an intervention program to learn body acceptance and the truth behind media and advertising and stuff. Because what I found is so many women want to get involved. And what a lot of brands do is, you know, they make um, ambassador codes. And whilst we have that program available, because and we have it available to everybody because we want all women to have an opportunity to, to make money, but I'm, I know what it's like to want to be a part of something bigger than yourself and feel like you have a way to change, you know, something in the world. And that I, I remember rocking up on the gold coast when I first got there and I'm like, how am I going to, I, let me go volunteer. And I went down to gold coast volunteering or whatever the agency is. And they wanted like a book of paperwork. And I'm like, I just want to walk some dogs or feed some homeless people. Like, do you really need my blood type? Like they legitimately, I think needed my blood type. And, um, you know, so this is a way for us to, um, train the trainer type of thing in a very, very low cost way and give women tools, tangible tools to then go and create effective, immediate change amongst the next generation, because it's that generation that are going to be inheriting that have inherited all of our shit. You know what I mean? I'm like, you're looking at not having fish in the sea in five years. I'm sorry. I, you know, <laughs> so um, it's, it's so important. And with social media and the impact that has, like the three of us, the four of us um, are very lucky in a sense that, you know, the smartphone wasn't around when, well, maybe you guys actually, I don't know, RJ and I definitely not, but you know, um, that came out at a time when we were a bit older and in, in everything. Now I see six-year-olds with their mom with a Snapchat filter over and over and over. And I'm like, do you have any idea the beliefs that you're creating for your daughter? Mm. And all she sees is herself airbrushed because every single one of those filters and mm. on Instagram stories and Facebook, you know, you put the dumb little dog tongue and ears and all that stupid shit like it's cute it was cute for a month but you know i don't i don't mess with snapchat but like all these other things that have come out i just i, I don't participate in them because they are they're detrimental and like i said a majority of people are on autopilot and don't have any self-awareness and so there's no wonder when they go and look in the mirror even now if i look at myself right now i'm like oh i look a little tired this keeps falling down. I look like I'm dying. Oh, my face is a little blotchy here. Oh, what's the, oh, what's that? I got a pimple. God forbid. You know, when I was 27, I would like want to die because I had such clear skin when I was um, a teenager. But what's happening now is these girls, they see themselves and for what they are. And I see these 14 year old girls and I'm like, you are a stunning and you're cutting yourself because you think you're, you're not good enough and you're ugly. Like, this is a fundamental problem. These are the people that are going to be running our world. And they can't get past the thought of being trapped in self-pity because they don't feel good enough. Because they're so caught up in here, they can't think about anything else. And I know how soul-destroying that is. And it's only getting worse. So 
that's where girl is going. It's like, we aren't selling clothing. We are solving a public health crisis. Yeah. You know, the amount of money that's spent on mental health across the world is in the trillions, in the trillions. Doctors don't know how to deal with it. Teachers, parents, and there are no resources out there. You know, at least in Australia, like things are a lot better than, you know, here in the U.S. You see people just, I'm like, how, how are these people with these mental illnesses? And I'm not just talking about like just full blown schizophrenia and I'm, you just, it breaks your heart, you know? So it's really, really staying focused, doing what we're doing. Yes. Selling women's clothing and yes. Empowering women. Yes. We will branch out to men. Yes. Men will get great stuff from the message as well. And, you know, learn, learn things about themselves as well. And then, eventually what Courtney wants to do is Courtney's brand. Courtney wants to um, push uh, Tony Robbins and Richard Branson out of the way and be like, yo, there's a new girl in town. Okay. And she's got like way bigger biceps than you, bro. <laughs> no, but I've got a book. Um, I've been telling you about, I've been writing for five years. Okay. This uh, autobiography, um, I'm going to go deep. I'm going to go hard. Mm. And, oh, um, uh, Sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, I will um, be really doing a speaking tour. That's that's my goal. So that's about two, let's say, sixteen to eighteen months from now, and and working on a speaking tour and uh, auditorium rooms full of women, learning the absolute truth and just setting women free, so we can start stepping up and showing up and and being powerful, and that will in turn empower our men or yeah. whatever you identify with. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know that we have so much gender fluid and, you know, there's all this talk around, you know, we don't have to be so much of man or woman or, and then that whole conversation. But um, I just say, you know, come as you are, come yep. as you are yep. and just respect one another. It's quite simple. Yeah. As, as we come to wrap up now, Courtney, yeah. uh, just before we give you like a plug, um, just want to really, thank you and appreciate for who you are not just like the per like for just being an incredible human being right let's take away all genders you i've just got crazy goosebumps listening to you the whole time and i'm sure zach does as well and i want to say thank zach for introducing us um just everything that you mentioned especially with how you want to take girl um as well as being an incredible like brand for women just of it's gonna literally shape a generation so i just want to really commend you from that from the bottom of my heart and I'm sure for the other guys as well. Um, what do you have? Like, I'm going to give you 30 seconds to plug whatever you got coming up. Um, yeah. What do you have? Awesome. Uh, we have our live empowerment event in June, June 1st through 2nd in Las Vegas. And we get women that travel over all over the world. You know, it's a bit of uh, an investment. The ticket really isn't, it's like 279 bucks, but at the end of the day, the price of transformation, transformation is priceless put it that way you know and women leave this event and they quit their nine to five and start their own jobs they find their tribe they become connected it's just i it, it's difficult to put into words and yeah buy a t-shirt <laughs> we got them on sale for six dollars right now so you know and they're good quality and uh we work with um manufacturers that empower women it's all good check it out thanks <laughs> I hope I made it under 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, you did. 
You can say thanks to all the bros. I know a lot of you know your listeners are, are probably men, and um, if we appreciate the support. We, we really do. And, um, you know, a lot of men turn that watermelon thing into some sexual bullshit like oh i bet she'd smash your head if you went down on her and i'm like yeah my husband wears a helmet <laughs> it's like no I, I do that to show women that you know you push a baby out and you go back to work you know like men get kicked in the balls and it's like game over you know what i mean like it's not like it has to be like we can still work out and have muscles and have nails and scratch your back you know we don't need to like do everything that a man can do but at the same time we need to step up and, and grow some strength stop letting that man bash you in the face stop talking shit behind that other woman's back go up to her and have a conversation with her you might find out she's got some other shit going on anyway we could talk all day i'm so grateful for being on um um can't wait to to help you guys in any way possible if you need anything from me at all let me know and you can come over to vegas and come stay with me anytime you're amazing thank you before, um, before we let you go, last thing, uh, what would be the one game-changing piece of advice you could give to the next generation? Do not get breast implants, okay? Breast implant illness, I'm telling you. I just had mine out, right here, okay? Wow, I did not expect that. Yeah, we, we are not, you know, our value is not equated to our exterior. And, um, you know, there's just so much more out there to learn. Take your own education into your own hands and empower yourself. You get on YouTube, watch videos, read, um, you know, and there's so many people out there with depression and anxiety and, um, you know, low state of mental health. A lot of that is because of what we're communicating on right now. Get the fuck off of it. Go take your shoes off and walk out in the grass. You know, really, like, we all as people need to start detaching so much from social media because, like I said earlier, we all feel so much more connected, but it's driving us crazy. Alerts, alarms, and, you know, just the Wi-Fi waves that's disrupting all of this stuff. Like, 5G network? Look into that shit and tell me, like, we don't have some issues in front of us there. I'm serious. Go, go check it out. 5G networks is not good for our health, and I'm going to leave it at that. But there's a lot of stuff that once you start to dip your toe down into the rabbit hole, you'll start to realize that the world is not really the way that we think it is. And it's up to us to find ways to fix it and to be victors, not victims. And you can change that. I feel like Tony Robbins, you can change your life in a second, but it's true. As soon as you make the decision that you want to do something different and you say, all right, enough is fucking enough then you have the power, no matter where you are, no matter what you have access to, to make it happen and to get it done. All you gotta do is ask for help because there are people out there, but the media just focuses on the shit. But there are so many people out there that would help you and that want to help you. And as a collective, I believe we are all raising our vibration, not to sound like some cracked out hippie, I am a little bit, but um, you know, we are moving into a new paradigm and a new world. It's just gonna be a little rocky for a little bit. So. Amazing. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, boys. Um, You're incredible. And look forward, to, look, look forward <laughs> to seeing, uh, I can't wait for those men's men's clothing line. I'll buy a girl shirt. Fuck it. I'll buy one. Yeah. We, men wear our leggings. You know, they wear them under, they go lift weights, play basketball, grapple. Hey, I'll send you guys a gift card. No problem. I got you. 
No, I would, I would actually, no, I would rock it just because I actually, after this conversation, I was like, no, that was fucking sick. I love that. Thank you. I've got some bamboo shirts coming there. More bamboo. like, uh, yeah, it's a, a, a unisex, if you will, fit. So I will gladly hook you boys up. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Appreciate it. Cool. Thanks so much, right. Courtney. We will talk soon. Love you. Bye. Right. Love you. <laughs> Can't wait. See you.